Hello, and welcome to the Park Baptist Church Podcast with Pastor David Blakely. Our goal is to preach the Word of God in a real and authentic way, so you are filled with the Spirit to guide you through life each and every week. To learn more about Park Baptist Church, visit parkbaptist.com. And now, Pastor David Blakely. This morning is a difficult message. This is not a pretty message. It's not a fun message. Um, This is Valentine's weekend, and I felt like it was the appropriate weekend to to preach this message. Um, We live in a dirty world. We live in a world that is very much affected by sin. And to ever think that somehow we are not affected, that the, the world's um, morals and values haven't rubbed off on us, I think we would be naive. And so while this is not necessarily the appropriate, you know, that time to deliver this message, I don't know that there is ever an appropriate time But today I'm wanting to address a a topic um, that affects each and every one of us. Every day, lives are ruined, families are devastated because of the sin of adultery. And last week, I I kind of began the the process by looking at Jesus' teaching on this topic You know, the common belief in Jesus's day and certainly the common belief that is still prevalent today is that so long as a person doesn't go through with the act of adultery, that it's okay. You know, kind of the mentality, look, but don't touch. But Jesus showed us that it's the thought process that makes us guilty, not the actual, you know, not not having to to go through the act. You know, long before the physical part takes place, sin has has already kicked in. Um, you know, a, a, a when when a person um, begins thinking through this then the damage is done. The the brokenness begins to happen. The trust begins to be eroded. You know, the, the devastation begins to occur. And what people don't understand is that what God is wanting to do in each and every one of our lives is change our hearts. You know, and this is where people miss the point. God is not calling us to try and straighten ourselves out. God is not interested in you and I trying to clean up our lives. He wants to give you new life. And until Christ enters into a person's life, they are spiritually dead. And rather than submitting to God and and allowing God to change a person from the inside out, become a new creation, most people just pretend that they are changed. They, They fake being changed. 
You know, many people fake being godly and they pretend to be righteous. Um, most people, you know, instead of, instead of, instead of becoming right with God and allowing God to change them, they, they still love sin and they still seek sin out. You know, the Pharisees were really good at this. You know, on outward appearances, they, they were the picture of righteousness, but on the inside, they, they weren't. That's why Jesus called them whitewashed tombs. Um, they, they said, and they did all of the right things, man. They, they looked spot on, but in their hearts, they were far from God. Uh, spiritually they were dead and many people in churches today are just like that. When they're at church, they play the church role. But in their heart of hearts, they're, they're not seeking God. They're not seeking a relationship with God. And they're not seeking to be transformed by God. And this is, this is God's desire, that, that he wants to change us from the inside out. Whenever God gives us a negative command like, do not commit adultery, for example. He, he has a positive purpose behind that. He has a reason for telling us that. You know, he, he's not just a, an old footy-duddy that doesn't want people to have fun. He's not trying to deprive us of something that's actually good. What he's doing is he's trying to protect us. He's trying to help us to understand that there are things that we have no business being involved in. And when we play by God's rules, we win. Now, nothing destroys a family, a home faster than unfaithfulness. You know, even the mention of this topic, um, I know that there are people in this room who this is a really difficult topic to, to hear a message about because there's a lot of hurt. There's a lot of damage in their lives. The purpose of this message is not to tear scabs off of old wounds. What I'm wanting to do is help bring healing, but at the same time, help us to, to, to come clean, to, to raise the level, to quit living the lie that so often we live. You know, God has given us the gift of intimacy, but like anything, it has to be used appropriately within the context of marriage. All of God's gifts, all of the benefits that God has given us have borders. They have limitations. Um, these, just as an example, you know, water. We can't live without water, but too much of it, you drowned, Right. Fire is the same way. You know, we, we want fire for warmth and for cooking, but too much fire and, and we get burned. When intimacy is properly expressed within marriage, it's a beautiful thing. But outside of marriage, it is destructive. It's, it's detrimental. You know, it, it is emotionally, physically, spiritually ruinous to anybody that allows that to, to be a part of, of their lives. 
Hebrews 13, 4 says, give honor to marriage and remain faithful to one another in marriage. God will surely judge people who are immoral and those who commit adultery. Well, if you've ever been married for more than 24 hours, you know that it is a lot easier to get married than to stay married. Um, except my wife, she's so blessed to have, have me. Um, sorry. You know, but, but as people move further and further away from a, a biblical mindset, the, the morals of our society are, are ruining lives. You know, loose morals, standards that are, are being presented as normal or as healthy are, are actually extremely destructive. Even among people who profess to be Christians, there is broad acceptance of what the Bible clearly calls sin. Reader's Digest did a study, and this is actually an old study. But in this old study, I, I'm guessing the numbers are probably even worse now. 50% of all husbands and 35% of all wives admitted that they have committed adultery. That, that, that's staggering. And this is among the Christian community as well. Now, I want today to, to give us some tools. You know, what good is a preacher who just stands up here and preaches if he doesn't give you something that you can actually use when you walk out the door? And so what I'm wanting to do is give you some, some tools today, some, some things that you can hold on to that I hope will strengthen your marriage and strengthen, um, strengthen you as you deal with the temptations and the struggles that, that all of us have. Now, I also want to plug that next Saturday, no, Saturday, two weeks, the 26th, we're having a conference uh, here at the church called His Needs, Her Needs. And it, it's just a, a one day seminar to help you work on and build a better marriage. Um, you know, I, that, that was a free ad that, that you got there. Now, there are several steps that I want to give you. The first thing... You can sign up in the entryway. Um, make a commitment to live by God's standards. That's the first thing. Regardless of past failures, regardless of present failures, make a commitment today to live by God's standards. The Bible teaches that intimacy is for marriage only. Not married, not before marriage, not outside marriage, you know, not physical, not mental. There is no room to negotiate that uh, your mind can't allow it to happen. One man, one woman in the context of marriage, period. Psalm 119.9 says, how can a young man keep his way pure by guarding it according to your word? When we fill our lives with God's word, we strengthen ourselves against temptation. Intimacy is for married couples alone, a husband and a wife. Mental or physical infidelity should never, ever be an option. 
And there's no justification. There, there's no excuse for it. We cannot allow ourselves that. Proverbs 5.15 says, Drink only the water that comes from your own well, and don't let your water flow out into the streets. Keep it for yourself and don't share it with strangers. Be happy with your own wife. Enjoy the woman you married while you were young. She is like a beautiful deer or a lovely fawn. Let her love satisfy you completely. Stay drunk on her love and don't go stumbling into the arms of another woman. 1 Corinthians 7.3 says, Let the husband render to his wife the affection due her, and likewise also the wife to her husband. Make So the, the first thing that we need to understand is that we make a commitment to live by God's standards. The second thing is magnify the consequences. You know, understand the absolute hell that you are unleashing when you step outside the boundary of marriage. Remind yourself of the devastation that's going to be caused by sexual sin. Let me tell you, the hurt never goes away. And if you're the one who sinned, the shame never goes away. The sense of loss to everybody that is affected is enormous. The consequences can't even begin to be realized when you're on the, uh, on the starting process. Proverbs 6.26 says, A woman who sells her love can be bought for as little as a price of a meal, but loving another man's wife will cost you everything. I want you to, to hear some words this morning from someone who is going through this as we speak. The, they are being affected by the consequences of adultery. She says, I cry as I sit here thinking about the things we've talked about. I'll be honest, as hard and painfully excruciating as everything is right now, however unfair the situation is, this is what sin, Satan, and my husband have done. Sin will always take you further than you want to go, keep you longer than you want to stay, and make you pay a higher price than you're willing to pay. It shows what sin can do and the devastation it can cause in people's life when they choose to walk from Christ. Sin is deadly. It causes more damage than people realize, and it doesn't just affect them. It's hard coming to terms, hearing and then living with the knowledge that the love of your life no longer loves you, no longer wants you, and is done. I wasn't prepared for that. It's because I wasn't done, because I wasn't willing to give up on us. I meant my vows. I meant forever, and I didn't want to let go. He's not who I married. Sin, Satan, and other influences have changed him. He allowed it by choice, though. He also knew that what he was doing, and he willingly threw me away. Us, our marriage, it was and is nothing more than sin. I feel as though I, I fought a battle I couldn't win. The stakes were against me from the beginning. As hard as I tried, I feel I failed God and my husband 
and I lost. Honestly, it kills me knowing that someone else will have what doesn't rightfully belong to them, thinking she's one when he was my husband. I guess that's just human, but it's still the truth. It hurts really bad. I, I won't lie. It hurts being left for someone else, rejected, not fought for, not feeling worthy, not feeling good enough, knowing your best wasn't good enough, being thrown away. The sad thing is, my husband was unwilling to see me fighting for us, fighting for him, but he was willing to join the side that I was fighting against. Maybe one day he'll see. I was never the enemy, but this one who was standing in the gap, you know, th that I was the one standing in the gap, fighting for him, praying for him, for his soul, for our marriage. Satan has clouded his view and he can no longer see truth. Now, the reality, the devastation that you're hearing here, it's taking place even when you're just thinking about another woman or another man. Because what you're doing is you're demeaning and you are tearing apart the, the marriage that you have by thinking and having wrong thoughts towards somebody else. Realize that sin always has consequences, even if they're just taking place in your mind. So here are some things that can help you be faithful to your spouse. The first thing is when you're tempted, stop yourself right there and say, I love Jesus Christ and I want him to be the first priority in my life. And Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And one of the commandments is thou shalt not commit adultery. The second thing we need to remember is that we love our spouse and we love our children. And the thought of hurting them should be unbearable to even think about. And then the third thing is, remember the fear of God and the fact that he will judge us if we participate in these things. Hebrews 13, 4 says, adulterers and fornicators will be judged by God. All sin is 100% selfishness. Certainly a sin of this nature is completely engrossed in self. Adultery, fornication, pornography, lust, that whole family of sin boils down to an attitude of, I don't care about anybody but myself. I don't care what it does to anybody else. I only want what I want, and I just don't care about anyone. So the first thing we need to do is make a commitment to live by God's standards. The second thing is we need to magnify the consequences, understand the devastation. <clears throat> the third thing we need to do is maintain our marriage. A healthy, growing relationship with your spouse will reduce the pull and the attraction of others. 
You know, there's more to a happy, healthy marriage than just the physical side of it. Being connected, being engaged with each other is critical. It's important. It takes a full commitment from both individuals. Notice that I said we have to maintain our marriages. Just as our homes need maintenance, you know, our lawns, our gardens, our flower beds, everything about our lives need constant work, constant upkeep. And just because you said I do at some point in history doesn't mean that everything is still in nice working order. It takes a constant engagement. And again, I, you know, I want to plug his needs, her needs in two weeks, because the whole point of that, that seminar is building a stronger, healthy marriage. In the book that we will be looking at um, by Dr. Harley, um, he, he has written or done research and come up with what are the top five or excuse me, the top 10 needs of every couple. And the interesting thing is, and it's most couples. I mean, obviously there's always going to be uh, some people that, that fall outside the, the parameters, but when you look at what men, for the most part, their top needs, this will be a real shocker, sexual fulfillment, um, recreational compassion or com companionship, an attractive spouse, domestic support and admiration. Now, for the ladies, that, those aren't in their top five for the most part. They're in their bottom five. The women, affection, conversation honesty and openness, financial support, and family commitment. So the whole point of this book is to identify your needs and identify your spouse's needs, and then to learn to meet those needs. And, you know, because what we think is, well, these are my needs, so I'm, I'm expecting those needs to be met, but if your spouse doesn't understand that, then you're missing each other. You know, when you said, I do, you thought your spouse would just automatically meet those needs. Unfortunately, many men and women feel unfulfilled and that's when they begin to look outside marriage and they begin to to look, you know, to satisfy their their wants and their needs somewhere else. A great goal in marriage is to make your spouse become your best friend. Um, Alan Alda, if you've ever watched the the uh, MASH movies, Alan Alda, who's Hawkeye in those movies, his wife said, it's real easy to leave your spouse, but it's real hard to leave your best friend. And so if your best friend happens to be your spouse, then that's the best situation. Talk together, walk together, be together, be best friends. So make a commitment to live by God's standards, magnify the consequences, maintain your marriage, and then manage your mind. Immorality is a process. It starts right here. You know, there's no such thing as a one night stand. You are not 
a moral, upright person one day, and the next day you're an adulterer. It, it's a process. You know, nobody falls into sin. The truth is we dig the pool by hand and then we do a swan dive into it. That that's how it happens. Matthew 5, 27 and 28. You have heard the commandment that says you must not commit adultery. But I say to you, anyone who even looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Thoughts lead to feelings. So let me say this right now. If you have, if you're at a point in your life where you're thinking, I don't really feel like I love my spouse. Well, then what you need to do is start thinking love thoughts about your spouse because thoughts lead to feelings. But what we do is we start thinking things that are not appropriate, that are outside the boundary of, of marriage. Thoughts lead to feelings. Feelings lead to actions. Actions result in adultery. James 1, 14 and 15 says temptation comes from our own desires, we which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions. And when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. And this is how it happens. We accept sinful thoughts into our minds. When our children were young, we would teach our sons, and this is to Cindy's credit, we would teach our sons that when we're like going through the checkout, um, you know, the magazines they have there, and, and most of them have mostly naked women on the covers, Cosmopolitan and other stuff like that. And so Cindy would teach the boys, you don't look at it. You, you turn away, you, you avert your eyes because you don't need to be putting those images, that garbage into your head. You know, when, when we see an enticing image or, or we think a thought that is an inappropriate thought, rather than bring it in and give it thought and, and mull it over, realize what it is and get rid of it, get it out of there. You know, but what we do is rather than reject it, we start mulling it over. You know, we start like a fine wine. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, I like it, you know, and and we get pulled in to something that we have no business being involved in. Now, the, the next thing that happens is we begin the emotional connection. We, um, it's, it's non-physical, but if it's someone we work with or someone we interact with, we begin to develop a relationship. We begin to, um, we begin to find common things to connect on and, and we begin to make an emotional commitment to that person. And then step three is the physical involvement. And then step four we blame somebody else for it. We rationalize the affair. Well, if my wife would have just done this, if my wife just didn't have a headache so often, you know, if my wife wasn't tired all the time, that that's crap. I'm sorry, but that, that has no business. We are to commit to our marriage 
and we are to understand that that we are responsible. We are responsible. Jeremiah 17, 9, the human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows or who really understands just how bad it is? Now, we, we need to understand the consequences. Men, when you're sitting there watching TV and some scantily clad or not clad at all woman is plastered on your screen, turn the garbage off. Don't sit there and disrespect your, yourself, your children, your family, your wife, your God by watching it. You know, you're not honoring anything. You're, you're just allowing your physical desires to be exercised. Don't test God and don't presume upon the grace of God. You know, Paul said, should we sin that grace may abound? God forbid. So you make a commitment to God's standards. You magnify the consequences. You maintain your marriage. You manage your mind and you maintain proper relationships. Most affairs begin between friends, coworkers, people that, that you're connected to on a regular basis. So what do we do to maintain a proper relationship? First thing is, is you don't sit there and just get involved in a member of the opposite sex um, life as far as their their marriage and, and you know, their problems that they're having. You, you don't you don't do those sort of things that that you're really not in a position to deal with. You know, if you need to steer them to a counselor, steer, steer them to a pastor. Don't go fishing for compliments. You know, all of us want to be viewed in a positive way, but you should never look outside of your marriage for your emotional needs to be met. Avoid prolonged stares. You know, just first of all, that's kind of creepy, you know, <laughs> but, um, you know, you, you know what I'm talking about. You don't go, hey, um, you know, I, there's no room for that. It doesn't belong in your life. Don't flirt outside of your marriage. You know, avoid the lingering touch. You know, prolonged touching sends the wrong message. You minimize the opportunity. You know, if you don't want to get stung, stay away from the beehive. And, and so stay away from situations that you know you're vulnerable you know, make sure that the friends that you hang out with have the same standard and the same desires for marriage. You know, if, you, if you're hanging around a bunch of guys that say, hey, let's go down to the strip club, it'll be fun. No, you know, if you're hanging around people that do that sort of thing, I hope you're doing it for evangelical reasons because you're trying to win them to Christ. But but don't get pulled into stuff that you have no business being in. You know, nobody's perfect. I, I understand that. But nobody is like they are on Facebook either. And so when you 
see this person at work and they're always up and they're always dressed nice and they always smell good and all of that kind of stuff. And then you come home to your spouse and they just walk out of the bathroom and there's a green cloud, you know, following them. And that doesn't happen at my house, but, um, I've been told that, um, but you know, you're seeing the real person when you're at home. And when you're at work, you're not seeing the real person. You're seeing somebody who's got their best face on, just like you. Everybody is a mess. Here's the bottom line. Ephesians 5.3. Let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sin has no place among God's people. That's pretty straightforward, isn't it? I could have just read that and we'd all gone home. Um, just this is it. Don't allow stuff that has no business in your life in your life. I want to read a little bit more from this individual. And I have here the results of a broken marriage. Her rings and his ring. And this is, this is the fallout that happens. But I want you to hear the words of this woman. I will continue to pray for my husband, being faithful and loving, hoping he'll see the error of his way and the good wife in marriage that he threw away. But he belonged to God before he was mine. So in his hands, I place him back. More than anything, I pray he will be convinced to a godly sorrow or convicted to a godly sorrow that will bring about a true repentance for a true change in his life. I pray he finds Christ in a rightful relationship with him before it's too late while there's still time. You know, things start off innocent. It's a casual glance. It's a lingering look. It's a watching something on television that you shouldn't have been watching. But it stirs up an emotion and it stirs up a feeling. And if you give in to that, it takes you a step further and a step further and a step further. And eventually it ruins you and it ruins the people around you. Sin will cost you everything. Recognize it. Recognize it for the evil that it is. Satan loves to dress up sin in a beautiful package. Recognize it for the deadliness that it really is. Guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Jesus, as always, we desperately need you. We live in a world that is sinful. And we have an enemy who is expert at pulling us away from you, distracting us, causing us to, to veer off the path that you have called us to. We have our own sin nature working against us our sinful thoughts and desires. 
And so, Father, more than ever, we need to live by your way. We need to be touched and submit to your Holy Spirit. Father, my prayer more than anything today is that each and every one of us would understand how deeply you love us, how deeply you care for us, and that what you want for us is good and wonderful and perfect. And what the world and Satan is throwing out before us leads to death. It leads to ruin. It leads to devastation. Heavenly Father, please help us to choose you and your path and your ways and to guard our hearts and minds so that we might glorify you. Thank you, Father. And I just pray that as, as we have this time of invitation now, that you would speak to the hearts and minds of every one of us. And I pray that you would even speak to the people that are, are watching online. Help us, Lord, to be honest. And if we need to, help us to repent, to turn from our, our sinfulness and allow you and you alone to become this, the, the priority of our life. I pray all this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.